episode 818. The Green Bay Packers are in the midst of minicamp, and the focus is on the younger players in camp. To discuss what's happening, we talk to Dusty Evely of the Pack to the Future podcast. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about Packers minicamp that's going on as we speak. To do that, we have a guest joining us today. This is a pre-recorded interview, so sit in and enjoy. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? Right now on Railbird Central, we're joined by Dusty Evely of the Pack to the Future podcast. Dusty is the third in a series of interviews featuring their podcasters. And Dusty, an attempt to allow our listeners to get to know you, can you tell us a little bit about your background in the Pack to the Future podcast? Sure, man. Um, uh, first of all, super excited to be here. Um, I am originally from the Detroit area. Uh, my father was raised a Packers fan, so I've got uh, most of my major sports. I've got Detroit, so I've got the Wings, the Tigers, Pistons, uh, and I thank God every day that I was raised a Packers fan instead of a Lions fan. So <laughs> uh, I've been following the team since I've got pictures of me at six months old and a little Packers jersey, so I've been been with the team for a while. I uh, never lived in Wisconsin, but uh, you know, kind of bounced around a little. I'm in Kentucky now. Um, I started writing about the Packers. Uh, kind of started wanting to get get a little deeper in once they released the uh, the All 22 film. And so I started doing that. I think I've been writing before about uh, four years. Bounced around a little. I was at Packer Update um, with Michael Rodney. Jumped to Titletown Sound Off, and now been Pack to the Future since early this year, I guess. So we started that podcast and we started the site. So I've been been with those guys for a little bit now and it's, it's been a great experience so yeah i've been with the team my whole life but writing about them kind of digging into film for the past four or five years or so i would say well it's great to have you on the show and all the guys Thanks, from the pack to the future podcast uh we're going to talk about packers mini camp who just started uh yesterday um and dusty to kind of kick things off here last year the packers excuse select veterans from mini camp just like this year Except last year, the rationale from Mike McCarthy was that the Packers played a fifth preseason game and thus had a longer training camp. Uh, not the case this year. Did they make the correct choice to excuse veterans this year as well? Yeah, I think they did. I mean, um, you know, some teams I can see wanting everyone there for minicamp. Packers, I think, uh, Packers and a handful of other teams are kind of a special case in my mind and that they return for the most part like all of their coaching staff, the, the, the continuity between uh, coaching staff, players, all of that in Green Bay is higher than some other teams. So if it's someone like, I don't know, say, uh, say Cleveland or, you know, Houston had a recent coaching change, something like that. I can see wanting to get kind of everyone there, get everyone on the same page. Uh, but with the Packers, with the same guys, with the same same coaches, I mean, uh, you know, you don't need, you know what Jordy's going to do, you know what Aaron's going to do, you you kind of these vets I don't really know need to be there just because you do have that carryover year to year between coaches and players. So uh, other teams I can see it. Uh, Packers I don't really think it's that big of a deal to have those vets uh, vets get this off. 
That's a fair argument. And whatever the case, how much this is this week going to help the younger players on the roster getting increased reps now that the veterans are gone? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to help a lot. I mean, it's um, uh, I mean, you you get some of those guys in. I know, um, you know, a King just got there, which is cool. And all these other young the rookies and plus, you know, second or third year guys. Um, I know uh, I, I've been hard on capers in the past. Uh, and I will probably <laughs> continue to be hard on capers, but uh, his system is fairly complicated. Um, and so it's, it's important, I think, for the young guys to get in and get a lot of reps and for the coaches just to see what those guys can do. Where where can you slide a guy like, you know, Kevin King in? Uh, what is Bryce ready to take a step forward uh, with moving him around? What about Jones? He's, something like that. As far as coaching from an evaluation standpoint, it's important to get those guys in. But from the young guys, too, just kind of getting into the scheme, kind of seeing the speed of NFL, even, you know, even maybe not full speed and not uh, not in pads. It's it, all of those guys. It's very important to get those reps in. So, so yeah, I, I think it's 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 pretty important for those young guys to get in. That should be a, a pretty pretty good leap forward for them. I would hope because yeah. of that. Yeah, I don't think anybody would argue with you with that. Uh, but to talk about some of these guys specifically here, uh, without Aaron Rodgers around this week, Brett Hundley mm-hmm. is running the show at quarterback. Dusty, are, are we at the point where we're comfortable now with Hundley if Rodgers, knock on wood, misses some time during the season? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a scary question. It's also one that I think is uh, – it's all relative, I think, to me. Like, you know, we saw um, <laughs> Seneca Wallace and Matt Flynn and Scott Tolzien jump in the last time we had a major injury to Rodgers, and I'll say – I'm more comfortable with Hunley than I am with any of those guys. I like what I've seen out of him. He's been in the system a couple years. I feel like he knows what he's doing. I mean, obviously, uh, the schedule is not the easiest thing in the world this year. So if Rodgers misses any chunk of time, uh, we're going to kind of be a little stuck. That's not going to be great. But I think the defense is going to take a big leap forward this year. Um, I see some of those young young guys. Randall, I think, in particular, is going to be huge. Uh, running game, I think they're going to have a little more emphasis. I think we could weather the storm a little better this year than maybe we had in past years if, if Rodgers goes down. And I think Hunley is that guy to do that. But if Rodgers misses, you know, more than five games, like that's not going to be good. But I, I'm I'm more comfortable with Hunley back there than I have been with anyone, uh, say, pre-Hunley, for sure. I think he's a, he's a solid backup. I think he, he could pick up pretty well. Yeah, I, I want to believe in Hundley. I think everybody does. <laughs> uh, sure. It's just a matter of, like, you haven't seen him for an extended period yet. Oh, yeah. There's that uncertainty. Um, you, you mentioned it just in passing earlier. Kevin King, he made his debut at minicamp on Tuesday in kind of the full team environment. How much ground can he make up in one week? Because he's missed all the time up till now. Yeah, I mean, that's been tough to not have him in there. And I mentioned earlier about how it would be uh, – those young guys getting in there, uh, especially in minicamp, it's pretty important. Um, King seems like a smart guy. Uh, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll make up quite a bit of ground. I, I, it's it's kind of a dual thing. I have faith in King and also have faith in uh, Joe Witt uh, to catch him up. And, and I don't think um, – I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, starting out of the gate anyway. He's going to be playing – He's going to be kind of learning as he goes a little bit anywhere during the season. He's not going to be the number one, number two guy uh, when the season starts. So I think getting his late start doesn't kill him too much. Uh, you would like to have him there, but I, I, I see him catching up pretty quick. I think he'll be fine. 
Uh, sticking in the secondary, one report from Minicamp uh, on Tuesday, I think from Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Anyway, it, it indicated rookie Josh Jones, the second-round draft choice, was playing at inside linebacker, even in the base defense at Minicamp. What's your reaction to that and, and what you see Jones doing this year in 2017? God, I, I love it, man. I love it. Um, I mean, you've seen this kind of switch. Well, it, it seems like... Uh, national media, I know it's kind of picked up on it somewhat recently, but, you know, the talk of uh, Buchanan out in Arizona kind of being that hybrid guy, uh, kind of look like a safety, but playing linebacker full-time. Um, but, I mean, the Packers have been doing some variation of this kind of at least back to Woodson. Now, granted, Woodson was kind of a special case. I mean, it's a Hall of Famer. You, you, <laughs> they, they don't make guys like that all the time, but um, they, they've kind of been doing something like this, and you've seen Hyde. Last year, we saw Burnett a ton in the box. Uh, I, I think it's going to be great, man. Uh, Jones plays big, plays physical. His closing speed is fantastic. Like, I think with uh, with some of the big guys on the line there, especially if Clark takes a step forward, kind of uh, free up some lanes for him to rush through, he's going to be great. And, man, you get Jones, Burnett, uh, uh, Randall that can go anywhere, Bryce. You get those guys all in a package. You can rotate any of those guys in the box. Like you could, you can really do a lot of stuff with that package. So I'm, I'm really excited about Jones playing a lot at, at the at the inside linebacker spot. I think he's going to be a difference maker. You're making me excited. That that those are a lot of physical guys right there, and uh, I oh, can see sure. that. Um, going back to offense here, along the offensive line, Corey Lindsley is injured, and Don Barclay was among that group of veterans excused from minicamp this week. So that left Lucas Patrick as the starting center this week, kind of an under-the-radar kind of guy. How comfortable are you with the depth at center? God, not at all, man. Like, I mean, in an ideal world, you get, uh, you know, Treader comes back because uh, he was – uh, he was perfect. Uh, just, I mean, he could play anywhere down the line, but he was very good at center when he was healthy. Um, I, just hearing the name Don Barclay as maybe second man up just just gives me the shakes, man. So I mean, that's I'm I'm not a fan of that. Uh, Patrick, I'm 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 curious as to what he can do. I mean, if he doesn't beat out Barclay for that second spot, or if he's not the backup, uh, say out of camp, I'd I'd be a little scared. Um, and then it's kind of just you know hold Lindsley together with duct tape if you need to. Um, that's I, I don't think they're in bad shape along the line for the most part as far as depth goes, but center for sure is one that I have concerns about. So I'm, I'm hoping Patrick can make, take a step up, take that spot. But if we go in with Barclay as the two, man, I, like one of the things I saw last year, uh, especially in the Minnesota game, Minnesota just gave Green Bay fits. They had that, the double-A gap blitz or the double-A gap look at least anyway. Uh, you, you get a center that is not great like Barclay in there, and you get that same look. Man, it's pressure up the middle all day, so I'm, that scares me a little. Well, hopefully at least the increased reps will give Patrick a little bit of experience this week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much that will help. We'll see. Uh, one last question here, Dusty, before we let you go. Um, how much is the missed time hurting some of these fringe injured players this week, like Herb Waters, Bo Sandlin, Isa Lunsford, they're all missing time, and, and they are they got a long way to go to begin with. Uh, uh, how much is this hurting them? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it hurts them both from, both from their perspective and from uh, team perspective. Now, I mean, if it's if, – if Waters uh, – if any of those guys you mentioned, if they end up practice squad um, and, and something happens and we're saying, man, you know, I wish – 
uh, Herb Waters got more time in minicamp. Like, we got more problems than just Herb Waters being injured right now. Um, but, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about this a, a couple times already with wanting those young guys in camp, wanting guys in camp. I mean, none of these guys are vets. These are all – Waters was there last year. Um, but, I mean, the, all, as much time as they can get to show to the team and show to even other teams um, what they're capable of uh, is just is just huge, uh, both from a physical standpoint and from picking up scheme standpoint. So uh, that, it, it hurts them to not be in there. Now, now you mentioned, I mean, they're all fringe guys. None of these guys are going to step into a team right now and make a huge difference. So in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't probably doesn't hurt too much, but it, it does hurt them a little bit now. I mean, those young guys, you, you want to be able to go out there. You want to show what you can do and, and to not be able to do that right now. Uh, that I mean, that sticks for them. Um, I, I don't know much about Sandlin and Lunsford. Uh, I know water seems like a good dude. Um, so I, I, I hate that they can't be out there, but it, it'll hurt them a little bit. It's not going to be death knell in their career by any stretch of the imagination. Well put. Dusty, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Enjoyed talking to your cohorts on the show and uh, excited to continue the series as we go on. And uh, best of luck to you and uh, keep up the good work, all right? Yeah, thanks a ton for having me, Brian. Happy to be on, man. You bet. Dusty Evely of the Pack to the Future podcast joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment, offering my own two cents on the issue of the Packers excusing veterans from minicamp, which we talked about earlier, and you probably have read about in the media or listened to or heard about or whatever. Uh, I have a disagreement with the way head coach Mike McCarthy is conducting his business, albeit not a wholehearted disagreement, and allow please allow me to explain myself here. I, I can see the benefit of giving players some time off. Last year, when the Packers were scheduled to play in the Hall of Fame game, requiring them to open training camp a week before the rest of the NFL, I understood why veterans got a week off from minicamp, and not all veterans, just those with at least five years of service under their belt, at least. Um, Those are the players that need the least amount of work and need the most amount of time to allow their bodies to recover. Where I disagree is the increasing amount of time veterans are getting off, increasing as Mike McCarthy's tenure with the Packers gets longer. Does that mean he's increasingly relenting to the wishes and desires of his players? Does it mean he's lessening his grip on the reins of the program? I'm not ready to go that far, but I don't like the way the program is trending. Not only do veterans have off this week from minicamp, as has been highly publicized, but they were apparently given off last Friday from practice as well, the final OTA practice, according to McCarthy in an interview he's done with local media. Uh, that That's four practices veterans have been excused from now. Much has been made of the decreasing amount of practice time required by the NFL's collective bargaining agreement since 2011, a switch that I don't necessarily disagree with, but giving off veterans four straight practices is a precedent I don't care for, 
And that's not to say the Packers can't give any time off. I used to like the schedule where the Packers had during minicamp where the first day was a full team practice, the second day was a team building activity, and then the final day was reserved for the young players on the team. I don't know why the team doesn't keep up that same schedule or even give veterans off the final day of practice both last week and this week. That seems like, oh, you got through a whole week of practice. The vets can have off the last day the last day, and uh, opens up a door for the young players on the team with some more reps. Uh, but giving them off, uh, them being the veterans, giving them off last Friday in addition to this week, veterans were given vacation a week early. By simply requiring them to report back to minicamp this week, helps keep them focused on football, and at least ostensibly helps keep them out of trouble. It it would essentially discourage but not bar them from travel. And and when, when many players are getting paid millions of dollars and others hundreds of thousands, I don't have a problem with holding them to a higher standard, holding them accountable, and making them work more even during the off-season, and even if that means they're not practicing quite as much, there are things players can do without having to practice, such as strength and conditioning, take part in meetings, watch film, take part in community outreach and community service. So to reiterate, I can understand giving some time off to veterans, but to give them off Four consecutive practices spread over the course of two weeks, including a weekend. That's not a trend I agree with, and I think Mike McCarthy can do better. But to react to what's actually taking place on the field, I do think there's benefits from those increased reps for the young players on the roster. And I just wanted to touch on one thing I have yet to mention on this show And that's the participation of coaching intern Brandon Jackson. And if that name seems familiar, that's because he was a member of the Packers Super Bowl team in 2010, so the not-so-distant pass. He's a minority coaching intern this year. And I just really like to see what I've read from camp about Jackson working with a player like Ty Montgomery in one-on-one environment in pass protection. Uh, Jackson, of course, was a running back with the Packers and became a capable pass protector for quarterback Aaron Rodgers, one of his biggest contributions to a Super Bowl. Because we'll remember, uh, he wasn't a great running back by any means, but that doesn't mean he didn't make an impact. Jackson was at his best in the passing game, both as a protector and a receiver out of the backfield. Um, and, and, you know, that's where Ty Montgomery now needs work. Uh, he showed himself, I mean, Ty Montgomery's just a good athlete all around and he's obviously formerly a wide receiver. So I think things like being a receiver, catching the football, that's like in his wheelhouse. That's what he's best at right now. And, you know, obviously I think the things they worked on the most being a running back was getting him the football uh, and with the ball in his hands, getting handoffs, knowing where to go, how to read the blocks, things like that. 
I think the last thing to come is the pass protection because you could scheme around that, and the Packers tried to do so as much as they could last year when Ty Montgomery was on the field. They just simply took him out uh, on a lot of the times where he would have been required to be a pass protector, and you can do that a number of different ways. You could put a back who's better in the game, or you could just simply have a different formation where you don't have a running back on the field or you motion them out. or Also, you can scheme around that. But obviously, over the course of 16 games, and hopefully more if we're talking you know, postseason and even, even the preseason, you know, Montgomery's going to be out there to pass protect. And, and, you know, if he starts to become a really good running back, you're going to have to have him out there even more. And so it's it's necessary he learns to protect the mo- one of the most valuable investments in the NFL, that being Aaron Rodgers. And anyway, it's just good to see, you know, I, I've seen it posted on social media, Twitter, right from people at practice, you know, Brandon Jackson working with Ty Montgomery one-on-one, especially here during minicamp, veterans are gone. What a better time to work on this and, and what a better mentor um, uh, that that Montgomery could have, at least, you know, for a small period of time. I mean, there are certainly other guys he can learn from on the team as well, uh, like running backs coach Ben Sermons and offensive coordinator Edgar Bennett, who was formerly a running back. But, you know, great to see, first of all, Jackson getting that opportunity to be a coaching intern and then, you know, using the time uh, wisely uh, to both his benefit and the benefit of the players on the team. So great to see. One thing I wanted to mention. Uh, And finally, uh, while we're talking news here, one more note. The Packers came to an injury settlement with rookie cornerback David Rivers on Tuesday who was previously cleared who 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 previously cleared waivers last week and was for a brief period on the team's injured reserve list this stands in contrast to what the team has done with punter Jacob Schum who remains on injured reserve with at least the option to come back for the time being that could change they could have an injury settlement with Schum too down the road but for now the packers have officially parted ways with rivers which is unfortunate for the rookie from Youngstown State. I wanted to see what he could do, but injury has prevented that, an injury that remains undisclosed, uh, as we mentioned last episode. Um, So uh, that was something that came across the NFL's transaction wire yesterday. And uh, brings us to our next segment. The Day Ahead. The practice schedule during minicamp continues both Wednesday and Thursday, same time as it was the day before. Practice takes place at 11.30 a.m. local time, open to both the public and the media, to the public free of charge, weather permitting. So there will be a lot of eyeballs at practice this week, today, and tomorrow, so... Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and Thursday is the last minicamp practice. So if you're interested in checking it out, do it now. It's your last chance before training camp and your last chance before a month lull takes place. 
Those practices are preceded by a press conference from Mike McCarthy each day to be streamed live at 10.10 a.m. Central Time on Packers.com, so you can check that out. And later Wednesday afternoon, there will also be a press conference with defensive assistant coaches at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Again, streamed live at Packers.com. So as I said, get your Packers fix in now because after this, it's summer vacation time, including me. Uh, To give you a heads up, Railbird Central will be off for a week as I take my own summer vacation. So there will be no episode this upcoming Friday, no episode this upcoming Monday, and uh, we'll be back again basically one week from today. So next Wednesday will be the next episode that airs. And you can be jealous a little bit. On Friday, I am going to the U.S. Open, the first time in its history. It's going to be in the state of Wisconsin, which is nice. Uh, There might even be a few Packers angles there. You may have read in media reports, apparently uh, high-profile golfer Ricky Fowler will be using a Packers-themed golf bag in terms of like it has the Packers colors to it. And who knows, maybe there will even be some players in attendance at the U.S. Open this week. Um, We'll see with it taking place at Aaron Hills just outside of Milwaukee a little way. So I'm excited to see that Uh, going to a U.S. Open. I jumped at the opportunity when I had the chance to get tickets, uh, albeit they are not cheap. Uh, But enjoy the U.S. Open if you're watching that. And after that, the following day, I'm headed off to Michigan to take a place uh, to attend Founders Fest in in Michigan uh, the at the brewery there in Grand Rapids uh, where they you know feature a lot of their beers and have some music including a band I really like uh, Umphreys McGee and uh, then on Sunday going to a baseball game with family celebrating Father's Day um, so uh, I'm excited for this little summer vacation of mine and uh, hope you all have a good vacation as well. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are out there coming up. And uh, everybody, we'll talk to you again next week. So on behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. Thank you to Dusty Evely for being the guest on our show today. And um, we'll see you later, folks. Um, Railbird Central airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, typically at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. See you, folks. Uh, Have a great long weekend. Um, I leave you today with a song called The Way That It Goes from Kyle Hollingsworth on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack go Begging for change with a mountain view a puppy on a string and a cigarette the dreads are hanging past the waistline in no hurry just taking his time two girls kissing on a corner stop as he walks by the pawn shop the cool hip stores and the funky shoes Fitch his vibe